Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, we're back for another episode, T Cop. We got a. Uh... Show was brought to us today by Bet Online. Back better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all things basketball, football, action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. T-Cop, we had a good football weekend. How you doing? Uh, man, we had a great one. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I, I can't complain. Man. Got a lot to talk about, Big a E. A whole lot. We, I saw when you posted on our Facebook page the other day. I yeah. was just like, he's not lying. We do have a lot to talk <laughs> about. A lot, a lot of talk stuff about. was shaking up. People standing out that you didn't expect to stand out. People folding up that you didn't expect to fold mm-hmm. up. Uh, rival games were played, a couple of them. You had the honoring of Sean Taylor and how questionable that was by the Washington football team. True. So many different things to talk about, but we could jump into what well, we had a uh, Thursday Thursday night football NFL we mm-hmm. had the Bucks versus the Eagles the Bucks pulled off a 28 to 22 victory um from watching that game and, and and chiming in back and forth with some friends of mine while the game was going on mainly me talking junk to the Eagles for still losing mm-hmm. uh because I'm a Cowboys fan obviously uh the Bucks they held on to win by six so what do you get from that game uh, to me it's not so much about the Bucks honestly to me, I feel bad for the Eagles. Why do you feel bad? Because they just, for one, I feel bad because the head coach, Nick, Coach Nick, he was my receiver coach when I was in uh, KC. Mm-hmm. He was my receiver. Good dude. And he came from the bottom. When I say he came from the bottom, I'm talking about he came from the bottom to where he was the guy that was running the papers off for the coaches. <laughs> so I seen him. I seen his work, he, how he grind and got to where mm-hmm. he's at now. So he's really a true person that really grind it out to get where he's at. So I respect that. But I just feel that's one of the reasons why I feel sorry for the Eagles because they're not playing the way I would like them to play. But in their first year, right? It is. But, man, it's like their offensive schemes, they just doing a lot of RPOs. And they was talking about this a little bit on the at the game. Mm-hmm. on The, uh, the host right. was talking about mm-hmm. it. And so they, their offense really don't look efficient. Like it's like they're running a high school offense or a college offense that they're just trying to install. I feel like they're doing way too much running with the quarterback. Ten uh, times. Yeah, they they doing too much. I just I just hate the fact where they're at right now. They don't really look like a good quarter look like a good football team. They just traded their their tight end. The Ertz. best probably the best player on the team on offense. Yeah, the so I'm like, man, I'm I'm feeling sorry for them, man, because the stuff they're going through. And if you a vet on that team, you're looking at this like, hold up, man, what's going on? What are we in a contract year? What are we doing? Because if you're a young guy, okay, you understand they look like they're trying to rebuild, they're trying right. to get some. But if you're a vet, you ain't, you're not trying to be in a rebuilding year because you don't know how many more years you have. Right. So reading some of the stats, Jalen Hurts was 12 for 26 for 115. He completed 12 passes in an NFL football game. You're not going to win. No. And then he ran the ball 10 times for 44 yards. And the only other person to run the ball was Sanders, who had nine carries for 56 yards. See, that's too much for your quarterback if you're running. I mean, that just looks bad anyway. I mean, where's your other running back at? You know, most t- teams have a dual uh, t- uh, two-back system, and Jalen's the other back right now the way they're running him. Big E, that's why I say I feel sorry for the Eagles. I feel sorry for them, man. They're just going through a lot right now when it comes to everything, just trying to figure things out. 
Yeah, I can see that. I mean, you got Tom Brady over there. He went 34 for 42 for 297, two touchdowns and an interception. And in a regular offense where they had, well, I say regular, but I guess a more organized offense or whatever you want to call it, Leonard Fournette ran the ball 22 times. Okay. So he ran the ball more than the Eagles did as an entire team. And then Tom Brady completed almost three times the amount of passes as Hurts for the Eagles. So I don't feel bad for them because they're all getting paid. That's true. Uh, so I'm not going to feel bad for him, mm-hmm. but I understand where you're coming from. You have a personal relationship with the head coach over there. So I get that. But the Eagles, I hope they continue to lose because I'm a Cowboys <laughs> fan. Um, and I have quite a few friends that are Eagles fans. And as soon as the Cowboys fall off a little bit down the road, I'm sure they if that does happen, they're going to be all over me. So, But they uh, are fighting, though. They, they are. are fighting because they could lay down. They, they could, could lay down. And I would have never expected the score to be that close. Exactly. Uh, by any means. I mean, they scored twice in the second half where Tampa Bay and, and Tom Brady only scored one time in the second half, which kind of made the game closer. But, uh, yeah, Eagles, keep flying the way you're flying. Uh, <laughs> this week's Thursday night game <laughs> would be the Broncos versus the Browns. You know, you got Teddy B over there running the Broncos, and you got the Browns by, led by Baker Mayfield. And what I've been seeing in the news is some rumors about them potentially trading Odell Beckham. How do you feel about potentially trading Odell? I haven't heard that yet, but if they do trade him, I'm all for it. You just got to get something back for him. But I don't see what do you get back. At this point, Odell, I think, is still more valuable than anything you can go get because nobody's going to straight up trade their best receiver for Odell because Odell's going to warrant your best receiver if you're swapping receivers. Mm-hmm. Where are the Browns really hurting at? I really don't know. They got know. a solid run game. The quarterback is the quarterback. It's, it's may get some draft picks. You could get some draft picks, I'd imagine. But I, you got to keep Odell because you never know when he's going to wake up. Yeah, and like, and it's still a rumor. It's not really set in stone that For he's sure. getting traded. So I don't really know. But I know one thing. I'm not excited to watch this game. No, I'm not, not excited to watch it because, for one, both of their running backs are out. Yeah. Both of them out. Yeah, that's nothing to watch. Then. I mean, you're, you're not – it's not entertaining. I don't know what the Broncos have going on. I used to, I used to be like, man, Teddy Bridgewater over there killing it, but now the Broncos really been losing right here lately. Right. So I'm not interested in watching that game, especially with with the running backs of the Browns being out, both of them out. Well, see, I'm I'm a fan of Teddy uh, Bridgewater. One, I'm rooting for him because I hate what happened to him in the Vikings when he was there when he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Can't stand that, and I really felt like Carolina probably should have kept him. Should have. Um, Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is what it is. So I'm rooting for Bridgewater to be successful. The Browns, I know earlier in the podcast, early episodes, we were talking about how they were set up for playoff runs because they had the two backs in the run game. Yep. But now it's just like, ah, when those guys hurt, you never know how they're going to come back from that. So mm-hmm. you really don't know, you know. So moving on from that, we go to Sunday night, uh, Sunday's football and Sunday night football. And, again, we're not talking about the Cowboys just because I'm a fan. We're talking about the Cowboys simply because they are playing entertaining football. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's the fact that last year's football was a little different because of the whole pandemic and everything and not having fans. But the Cowboys seem to make everything exciting, even Mm -hmm. when you want it to be and not want it to be. I Mm -hmm. mean, 35 to 29 win in overtime. Um, And really, I'm going to be honest with you, before we get into offensive numbers for either team, I really just want to kind of jump over to Trayvon Diggs because – the guy has seven interceptions, but we won't go into that because we're going to talk about him a little later. Okay. But we'll, we'll, Dak is still performing the way he's supposed to perform, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later as well. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, the Cowboys won, so I think we've improved to 5-1. and one. The Patriots scored 29 points, made it a game all the way to the end. Do you still believe that the Patriots are better off without Cam Newton? Yes. Okay. Way better off. Way better off. Way better off. What do you mean? Man, let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you how great of a coach Bill Belichick is. And I don't know if I said this last time, but Bill Belichick found the best quarterback to ever play the game in what, the sixth or seventh round? Seventh, I believe. In the seventh round, sixth or seventh round in Tom Brady. He found him. And then he turned right back around and find another quarterback, he may not get the rings that Tom Brady had. Nobody do that, that he again. has. Nobody do that again. But he's going to have some of the same success that Tom Brady had when he was at the Patriots. Because he found, to me, he looks just like a Tom Brady. The way he runs that offense, the way he sits in that pocket, the way he, can, he commands his team to do certain things, the way he make those throws, mm-hmm. 
He looks like another Tom Brady. Like, he is the perfect fit. Cam Newton was not a good fit for that team. This this Patriots team offensively looks like the Patriots. You know where I think Cam should go? Where at? To the Eagles. I think. Why? You got, you got a Cam there already. I understand, but you need two. Because if Hurts goes down and they're already struggling, they can't go nowhere like the season's over with. That's true. Because they got to change the whole offense. Because you got to change the whole offense. So might as well not get somebody that's just like him and he can possibly mentor mm-hmm. Hurts to becoming better. Cowboys total stats for that game. They had 567 yards total offense. Uh, 445 was uh, passing, 122 was rushing, averaging almost seven yards per play, which I believe they'll keep winning that way. They had 32 first downs. Third down efficiency was a little off with three mm-hmm. for 13. You can't win like that. Mm-mm. But luckily, they were playing somewhat of a new Patriots, so we were able to get out of that game with a victory. And they ran a total of 82 plays to the Patriots' 50 plays. That's crazy. That's crazy, right? Time of possession was almost 40 minutes for the Cowboys and right around 26 minutes for the Patriots. That's tough. That, that's a whole quarter. That's had tough. The, the whole had the ball a whole quarter longer than the, than the Patriots did. But, you know, it was still an entertaining game going to overtime, and I feel like there's been a lot of overtime games here recently. Um with the Cowboys and the Patriots, I feel like it's like the fourth, fifth overtime game I've watched this year. And, and I want to say, I don't know if it was during overtime or it was the score that took them to the overtime. I was thinking to myself, okay, now we're going to see what Dak got. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to see what he got. Can he drive these guys down the field and get the potential what, uh, go, game you're talking, time? You're talking, about the go, you're talking about the winning touchdown. The winning touchdown. I guess it was yeah, the winning the touchdown. Winning touchdown. Yeah. yeah. And so that right there, when I seen him drive down, make them big throws, the uh, the lamb and mm-hmm. and different things, I'm like, okay, yeah, he's still in my MVP race right now. He's still in it. And which we, and like I said, we're gonna end up talking about it. And I hate to bring him up first because I got yeah. two players there that I believe can be in that conversation. Mm-hmm. We'll touch on the potential MVP running guys here in a little bit. In a little bit. So moving on to the Cards versus the Browns. The Cards blew the Browns out 37 to 14. The Cards improved to six and zero. The only undefeated oh. team. And, you know, and we had a, a, a listener ask us, do we believe the cards are legit? Are they the real deal this year? I'm a believer. Okay. I am believer. Please, please explain I'm, to me why you believe in this. However you want to say, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. What did Justin be like? <laughs> I am believer. a believer. <laughs> I believe in the Cardinals. The way they play in these games and the way the Browns is not a bad team. No. And for them to just come out and whoop them the way they whooped them. Come on, man. These guys, and then they got a tight end that's coming up that they just got from the Eagles. Mm-hmm. They're just adding weapons, adding weapons. Their defense is playing great. Offensively, they're playing great. You got guys making plays all over the field. Both receivers that they have, they got, they got some players, man. You know, so they had three different running backs running the ball that game. Kyler Murray was 20 for 30 for 229 and four touchdowns. So he was extremely efficient. Um Hopkins only had three catches for 55, mm-hmm. 55 yards. And then Green had, um, what did he have? He had five catches for 79 yards. So they spreading the ball out all over the place to get the points that yes. they need to win. And for them to win 37 to 14, and they're relatively healthy at the same time. Mm-hmm. They're just not a, they're not a team that, you know, just pops up and say, hey, they got a game this weekend. Let me turn the TV on. Why are they flying under the radar? Why? I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like. Once we get to the absolute halfway point mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks, if they're still sitting the way they're sitting, maybe they'll come from underneath the radar. But it's just still, it's just, I don't know. Maybe it's just the market the Cardinals are in. I don't know. It's it just not, a, it's not exciting to talk about the Cardinals at all because they're not one of the popular names. And they have a very solid roster. Yes. A very solid roster. Nobody pays attention to it. But hey, maybe moving forward, we'll see what happens. I believe they're the real deal, too. The real deal. I believe they're the real deal. Um, I feel like they're probably one of those teams. If Kyler Murray gets hurt, I feel like they'll be screwed. Mm-hmm. But you if know he who the stays, backup is? I have no clue who the backup is in the Cardinals. Okay. I don't have a clue. You know, they don't ever talk about nobody else. You know, I, I don't think Kyler Murray, the way he's built, I don't think he's built that he could get injured easily. If you can understand what I'm saying, he's, yeah. he's short, compact. He's like, like he can get before, away from some of those. He's quick. Hits. He, he's not going to take those big hits. Right. You know, so I don't see him getting injured. I don't, I, don't, I don't either. I don't either. I feel like he'll stay. I don't even want to jinx the guy, so I'm going to get off of that. I'm going <laughs> to knock on some wood right now. I'm kind of upset with myself for even bringing it up. You know, but we're going to move up to the Ravens and Chargers, a game I did not expect for it to turn out the way it did. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some big Ravens fans who were literally just last week complaining about their defense. Yep. They're saying that we have no defense and so we don't stand a chance. We're not. 
we're not the real deal. We don't, mm-hmm. you know, because of that. But for them to go 34, uh, score 34 points and only give up six to a Chargers who have been Hot. a team that everybody been talking yeah. about because of the way Herbert's been playing. Uh, does this game, do you, does it make you feel like the Ravens are a real deal? Or do you think they just happen to have a good game? They are the real deal. This is the reason why I say they are the real deal. Because last week, they just squeezed that game out. Mm-hmm. They squeezed it out. And so if you have a team that can win the way they won last week. I like that idea. And yeah. then come back and win the way and win the way they won this week. That lets me know they are the real deal. Because even when they don't play their best game, they still find a way to win. And that's what it's about. Find a way to win regardless of how you're playing. It don't have to be your best game. But if you can still win games and you're not playing your best, mm-hmm. you're the real deal. You know, and a lot of people don't think about it, but I always believe that the third quarter is a major quarter in a football game. Mm-hmm. Leaving the half, how you finish the second quarter and how you start the third quarter kind of sets you up to how you're going to finish that game. And they mm-hmm. ended, they scored seven in the first quarter, ten to end the second uh, quarter and then 10 again to start the third quarter and then finish off another. So they scored in every quarter, mm-hmm. uh, seven, 10, 10 and seven, which gave them that 34 points. And I don't know why LA uh, was only, well, the chargers. I don't know why they were only able to score six points. which was those two field goals. I believe is what it was, but I know it was one touchdown and a mixed extra point, but Herbert was 22 for 39, 195 and a touchdown and a pick. And their run game was non-existent. I mean, they had 10 total carries from running backs. Wow. And that, obviously, I believe that's one of the biggest reasons why that game turned out the way it turned out. Uh, the time of possession, you know, Baltimore had the ball for 38 minutes to 21 minutes for the Chargers, mm-hmm. which um, is a major part of it where you sit there and look at it, time of possession is major. Then the Ravens were 6 for 11 on third downs, where the Chargers were 3 for 12. You know what? I think the Ravens did – a great job of disguising their coverages. Mm-hmm. They did a great job of confusing Herbert. Uh, a lot of times they was coming up like they was in blitz zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I say blitz zero, that means the there's no safeties deep. You know, everybody's a man to man. We blitz in the house. That's a lot of times they came up in that look. Mm-hmm. But when the ball was snapped, they dropped back in cover two. You know, so that right there is going to confuse a quarterback, right? Especially a young quarterback. That probably had never seen that before, you know. So I think the Ravens did did a great job of confusing the head of that team, and which is a quarterback. You know, the craziest thing is um, the Ravens still threw two interceptions and still won. Mm-hmm. You know, and they've turned the ball over probably every game. You know, with uh, Lamar Jackson, his style of play, mm-hmm. they turned the ball over. But for them to continue to win the games, like you said, yeah, I really and truthfully believe that they are the real deal and will make a push later on in the year to be that team to beat. Uh, where before we were talking about the Chiefs and how the Chiefs were the team to beat and everybody else was a gap between the two. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't I mean I'm still not sold on their defense yet. I can appreciate I can appreciate what they what they just did. I appreciate that, but I need to see it again. All right. Well I mean I need to see I, it again. But I, I still I agree think, with you. I still think they're the real deal, but I'm still not sold on their defense yet. I need to see that type of play. One more time, or at least two more times. Two more, I would say two more times. I and need to see Relatively it. in a row. Yeah. In a row. I would like mm-hmm. to see it in a row. So moving to that, we got the Steelers and the Seahawks, which is another overtime game. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers pulled it off 23 to 20, uh, mm-hmm. late turnover by Geno. Mm-hmm. And I see in the news and stuff like that where the, the Seahawks, well, you had fans that were kind of like bashing Geno's play, but then the Seahawks staff were praising and teammates were praising Geno's performance. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of people don't understand the the drop off from number one to number two, mm-hmm. and the amount of reps in practice from number one to number mm-hmm. two, and then not to mention one of the arguably one of the best or top five quarterbacks over the last, I mean, smooth decade, I guess. You say Russell Wilson, playing. however long yeah. Russell's been playing, Russell Wilson. He's been one of the top, and he's missed very few games. So for Geno to come in and give the, um, put the Seahawks in a position to potentially win, and it was a strip sack where a guy came from a blind side mm-hmm. and knocked the ball out to end the game. But do you believe Geno can lead the Seahawks to some victories while waiting for Wilson to come back? And I think Wilson is eyeing Week 10 comeback. That is a great question. I think that – because if you look back, not this game, but the game before then, the, the game that Wilson actually got hurt, mm-hmm. Geno came in and was putting together some great drives, going down there scoring, 
he was scoring when Wilson wasn't scoring. So once he got in, he was scoring. But they lost the game on an interception at the end, which it wasn't Geno's fault. The receiver slipped down and fell, and mm-hmm. they picked it off, and that essentially sealed the game for that right. game. And then you come to this game where it's still another good game, but Geno gets strip sack fumble. Yeah. Ball game is over. So I feel like Geno's doing a great job at – moving the ball and leading his team and putting them in situations where they can win at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But those turnovers, they they come at bad times. bad times. And I think fans looking at the last two games they lost came to turnovers from Geno. From Geno, yeah. From Geno. So I think he's doing a good job, but he got to understand that ball is everybody's livelihood. It is. And he was 23 for 32 for 209 and a touchdown compared to Roethlisberger, who was 29 for 40 for 229 and a touchdown. And I will tell you this, and I would never tell a man when he needs to stop playing football, but mm-hmm. I am so tired of Roethlisberger playing football. Like, I like it's he makes stuff happen, but mm-hmm. it just looks so bad doing it. Or he holds the ball so long. And I'm sitting here with, uh, you know, shout out to Mama G. She's the co-owner of the North Carolina Rebels with me. Mm-hmm. But she was just like, man, he just holds the ball so long. Mm-hmm. Like, let go of the ball. And for her to say that, yeah. not saying that she's not a fan of the game, but for – and not saying women don't know the game. I'm not saying that. But mm-hmm. for – Shout out Aunt Lisa. Uh, you know, for a woman to sit here and say – um. He's holding the ball too long. And I was literally thinking that at the moment. It was like, let go of the ball, let go of the ball, let go of the ball. Mm-hmm. And it's just like where he used to extend plays, where he can move around a little bit, mm-hmm. he can't extend them. You put, you made this a point off air that said he was able to run around a little bit and extend the plays. But now it's just like he extends them, but he doesn't move. Yeah. And that's, like I said, we talked about it off the air. And, and we were saying, well, because I think you kind of said something about Brady, about Brady is still playing, you know. And so – but the reason I say that part is because the fact that Brady is still playing. Brady, the reason why Brady is still so good because Brady didn't have the athletic ability. It was uh, never part of his game. It was to never lose. part of his game. It was always mental. Everything mm-hmm. was liberal, uh, getting it out of his hands quick, good protection. Well, with Roethlisberger, his whole game was based off of being able to extend plays, mm-hmm. not necessarily scrambling, but he can scramble enough to extend the play to get a pass thrown off. Now, like you said right there earlier, he's not he's not mobile like he used to be. So him extending plays is him just sitting in the pocket like a sitting mm-hmm. duck and not being able to get outside the pocket and extend those plays. So now he's looking worse. He's getting sacked. Uh, it's just it's just bad right now. It, it doesn't look good. It doesn't so, look good I at mean, all. And I know they were talking about him potentially retiring last year when it showed the shot of him crying with Pouncey, his center. They were both on the sideline crying. They thought he would potentially retire then. But and, and like I say, we never can tell a man to stop working. I would never do that. But I just know that I just I don't know. I feel like he's going to get a major injury and I'd rather him go out standing upright versus going out off being hurt. He, he needs to go it out. Uh, I tell you how old he is. We kind of said it off the air. He was my quarterback at the NFL Combine when I came out. Yeah. That's how old, that's how long he's been playing football. So it's time for him to to let it go. Um, hopefully he make that decision after this year. I think him and the the, uh, the Steelers going to probably sit down and they probably come to some type of agreement uh, because he needs to go. And I think they see it. I yeah. think they see it, but they still believe in him. They believe in him. They still believe in him because he has been playing a little better ever since he had, the, the media had really got on him. But he has been playing a little better, but still – I mean, he's, he's scoring a little bit more, throwing it, but I, I still think it's time for him to go. Yeah, definitely. Now, Monday night's game. So the other day when we were watching Monday night's game, I know I was watching it because it's the Titans and I wanted to see Julio, mm-hmm. and I'm a fan of Derrick Henry and how massive he is and how he's able to run the ball. And the Bills, and you've been hyping up Josh Allen all year long about mm-hmm. how he plays. Mm-hmm. But the Titans were able to pull off a victory 34-31. to 31. Um, Derrick Henry, three touchdowns, 150, 156 all-purpose yards, so he threw it to him and he ran it. And then, I don't know if you saw his break when he broke, for, I think it was 76 yards, it. and he was running away from people. He got people. up like 21 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. like the fastest play in football at this point or something like that. How does that big dude run the ball like that? Like, it's amazing to see him do that. My question, Biggie, is where does Alabama get these running backs from? <laughs> That's my question. Where do you find them at? Where, what high school are these kids coming from? that look like him because they got a big old running back now. Yeah. You know, that's playing for Alabama. And Alabama keep a stable mm-hmm. of running backs. Not just a stable of running backs. They keep a stable oh, of receivers yeah, as well. They keep a stable of everything. Of everything. Yeah, of like everything. where are you finding these guys at? 
But yeah. he's he's definitely the real deal, man. I think I think the Bills, and I'm not down on on Josh Allen. I think he made it was a couple of plays that kind of turned the tide at the end of the game that I felt like he could have. Well, he gave his best effort, but it didn't work out. Uh, and that was when he scrambled. I think it was like third down. He scrambled and jumped over a guy mm-hmm. and was just short mm-hmm. of the first down. Uh, that's a play that I feel like he wish he could have had back. But at the end of the day, he still was giving everything he had to make that play. And then the last play, the goal line stand, right. when he tried to do quarterback sneak and his feet slipped up from out of him. You bad, know, just bad timing. Just bad timing. But I st- that don't knock whether I feel like Josh Allen is still a good quarterback or not. But the ball was in his hands twice, and he yeah. didn't make it happen. I still think they're legit. Yeah. I still think they're legit. The Titans, I believe they are legit. Can they take it? Well, it's hard to say because they've done it already where they took it uh, like had a successful season and took it down to the end of the season and playoffs-wise as far as the, the Titans with Tannenhill and everything. But as long as Derrick Henry stays healthy and Julio Jones continues to emerge because he made a fantastic catch the other day mm-hmm. where the ball was tipped and he caught off the tip and was still able to put his uh, two feet in bounds, I believe he's one of the best receivers at toe-tapping and keeping the ball in bounds body control-wise. I agree with that, and but they had to get him going. They have to. They have to get him going. They got the other kid, Brown, what, number 11, mm-hmm. uh, that, that's doing a good job. But they got to get Julio going. Uh, if they want to be successful, if they if, if they want to get to the playoffs and be and have a, a good run in the playoffs. A deep run, yeah. yeah he got to get going. For sure. And I, and I think he will. I think he will. I mean, he had a slow start to the season with some injury, battling, I think, a hamstring, which seems like to be his issue every year. Uh, but I believe they'll be good. They'll be legit. We have some solid football teams in the NFL this year, and I, I really feel like it's one of the most entertaining, and it's something that we all as fans kind of – I ain't going to say we deserve, but we kind of needed it coming off that we pandemic. It. We, we needed it. You, you know what I mean? had a lot of overtime games, close games. Yeah. Like, I think we had an overtime game every, every week, week so far. Every week so far, and it's been very entertaining, like you said. Now, here's a conversation talking about MP, players that are in the MVP running. Yes. And you have yours, I have mine. I mm-hmm. absolutely, I want to put Dak into that picture. Yep. Uh, and again, it's not because I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm, I'm always going to harp on that because some people say that's the reason why I'm talking about it. But Dak has been performing extremely well. You hear the commentator say it. His numbers are saying it. Uh, and he's, I still, he still shows us a little timid with that anchor when it comes to running. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a time where he had to scramble uh, the other day it was like a 12 yards to get a first down, and it's like. He was a yard short, but I felt like pre-broken ankle or whatever happened to him, uh, he probably would have made it. But Dak, for sure, for me, is an MVP running, and I actually believe he's a front runner for me mm-hmm. um, because of one part of the story is he's coming off of that injury and for him to return the way he has. Who's someone that you were thinking of MVP running? Well, I can kind of hit on Dak. I like Dak and MVP running. The only thing about that now is, which I completely forgot, he just got injured. He have a calf injury right now. But he's fine. We'll see. We'll, he's we'll fine. see. He's fine. We'll see. But if he stays healthy, I feel like he's definitely at the top. He's a front runner. But my guys that I feel like I have four of them that I feel like this in the not the defense MVP uh, race, but the overall MVP race. And I got Dak. I got Diggs, the corner for the, Dallas. The defensive player, which uh, it's been a while since a defensive player has won. True, I think uh, since like, MVP. Nineteen eighty six. Lawrence Taylor Lawrence was the Taylor. last one yep. to win MVP, and before him was nineteen seventy one. A guy named Allen Page. Mm-hmm. So, but the way he's playing right now, you have to argue it. I mean, seven picks in six games. He he's on pace. He's on pace. So I think you got Dax. I think you got Diggs. I think you got Kyler Murray. And you still got to put Lamar Jackson in there. Yeah, because most valuable. He's the most valuable player on their team, mm-hmm. for think, sure. And, and I think you lose Lamar Jackson, I don't know what that team goes to if, if they don't have him. And as far as Kyler Murray, like you said, he's 6-0. and You always got to speak that team that's undefeated. You have to show them some love. And mm-hmm. he's putting up numbers and not as many interceptions mm-hmm. uh, as maybe in the past. So I believe all four of those names – I don't see a defensive player winning MVP because, like I said, it's been since 1986. But I definitely see Diggs as far as front runner for defensive player of the year. Tell me this. If Diggs get 12 picks, do he win it? <clears throat> if he gets 10 picks, does he win it? I say, I say you got to get around about 12. The reason why, because it's hard to beat a quarterback out for MVP, league MVP. Yes, it's hard it's to beat him out. Yeah, it's, it's, a quarterback's, it's a quarterback's trophy. You got to be exceptional. Which 
speaking of that, mm-hmm. let's go back some years. Mm-hmm. MVP running, Chris Johnson and Peyton Manning, they mm-hmm. robbed my guy. Mm. Chris Johnson absolutely should have got MVP of, the, of that that year. I think mm-hmm. it might have been oh. That's his two thousand year, right? It was oh eight oh nine somewhere like that. The year he rushed for two thousand, had about mm-hmm. twenty five hundred all purpose, mm-hmm. and they gave it to Peyton Manning. I believe. I mean, that was the biggest mm-hmm. robbery. That was a heist. This is what that was. Mm-hmm. There's no way Chris Johnson shouldn't have won the MVP. He got Offensive Player of the Year, which is great and it's an honor and he he went to that elusive club of 2000 yard rushers but he should have been the MVP but I believe because it was Peyton Manning it was a quarterback's position mm-hmm. is the only reason he got it to me I look at it as not just necessarily just a quarterback position the fact that it's Peyton Manning nobody's going to argue that Peyton Manning shouldn't got the MVP right. nobody's going to argue that but with these guys up here they don't have Peyton Manning or Tom Brady status up here these right, quarterbacks right, they're good quarterbacks sure. but they don't have those statuses so I could see Diggs beating one of these quarter well beating these quarterbacks out to get MVP of the league. I could see it, but he still have to do something very exceptional, which he's on pace of doing right now at seven picks already. But if he can get the double digit picks, and the, and the Cowboys are still winning, but I don't know. But here's the thing: if Diggs if Diggs gets double digit picks. Mm-hmm. He's helping the Cowboys win games, mm-hmm. which also gives victories to who. Dak, who's mm-hmm. a quarterback, mm-hmm. and a quarterback is always going to be the front runner for MVP. So I think Diggs' success is helping Dak because he's giving him opportunity to go back out on the field mm-hmm. and get more stats. Mm-hmm. He's giving Dak an extra series or an extra drive every year, every game this so far. Mm-hmm. So it's allowing Dak to get an extra touchdown pass or rushing touchdown or yards to add on to his uh, resume for the season. So. Dak has to be thankful for Diggs. Yes. And I believe Dak will benefit from having Diggs mm-hmm. more than Diggs would benefit from having Dak. And I get that. But Dak still has to go out there and perform. He can't just because he get an extra series. That don't mean he's going to go out there and, and play MVP football. He still got to perform. But I, I'm with you. But I get exactly what you're saying. I get that. I mean, and I think ultimately right now, if there's someone to win it today, mm-hmm. it would be Dak. Dak is and defensive right now. player of the year absolutely would be Diggs. Diggs. I don't think anybody else is close right now to Diggs as far as no. defensive player of the year. Nope. You know, so moving on, we're gonna talk about some rivalry games. Okay. Um, me and T Cop had a conversation off air about the biggest rivalry games in the NFL, which is something that's always somewhat been a little questionable for me because these players move around so much. Um, they're paid players and they are not it's very rare you have a player that plays his entire career at one team. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't sit the same for me. Like me right now, NC state was a rivalry for ECU. Mm -hmm. I still want NC state to lose. Okay. You know what I mean? I still want Carolina to lose. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I had family at a Carolina game and they had, they got free tickets. They had Carolina shirts on. I had to send a message, make sure you take a good bath Mm -hmm. because I don't want you to get a rash (laughs) for wearing that blue. You know what I mean? So, and so I'm really not, a fan of NFL rivalries, but mm-hmm. you were there 10 years. Yes. You tell me your thought on the biggest rivalry games. So I played on two teams that I feel like are the biggest rivalries. Of course I played for Dallas uh, and the rivalry is the Washington football club. Right. To me, that is a rivalry, but I think that's just the longest rivalry. That's just yeah. like the longest standing rivalry. Mm-hmm. That's to me, that's a rivalry game because, like you said earlier, Cowboys and we'll say what it was. Yeah. It's been the Redskins and the Indians theme for the years. It's yeah. Cowboys versus Indians is basically what that exactly. was. Exactly. So they have the longest running, but the most or the biggest rivalry they ever played that I feel like going on right now is the Steelers and the Ravens. Mm-hmm. To me, that rivalry is so physical, mm-hmm. not just on the football field. I'm talking about I've seen guys get knocked out cold. In the stands. <laughs> no, on the field <laughs> and in the stands. And in the stands, They're not yeah. just We're not just battling on the field with these guys. Like, our fans don't like each other. They're going to fight each other regardless if you come to Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh come to Baltimore. Yeah. It's going to be a fight in the stands. Like, to me, being a part of that rival when I played with the Ravens, Showed me this is the biggest rivalry game to ever play the game of football. This is it's not the uh, the Cowboys and the Washington Football I mean, Club. What about the Packers and the Bears? The Packers and Bears is okay. That's that cold weather state states. You know they're they're side by side to you know. Yeah. And you have 
you know, he, man, if you watch the game just the other day, you have Aaron Rodgers scoring and he's yelling at the crowd that I still own you. Yeah, I get that. I understand that. But it ain't nothing like the Ravens and the Steelers. And you can ask anybody that's been to a Raven Stiller game or Stiller or Stiller fan or a Raven fan. What, well, that rivalry is crazy. Well, what about a Saints and Falcons? No, nah, it's not the same rivalry. And I played in that one too. It's not the same. It's a rivalry, don't get me wrong, but it's not like the Stillers and the Ravens. The, the Stillers and the Ravens are like, I can't explain it because it's so much bad blood. They don't like each other. It's like that, that right. type of bad blood. Okay. What it's about the, the Ravens and the Browns? No. It's different. That's a hard-hitting game. Don't get but me that's, wrong. But one, one came from the other, and then they brought the other one back. It's you know? just different. No? Mm-mm. So it's, it's still different. So I'm just going to be wrong on this one. Okay, well. Steelers and Ravens. That's the biggest rivalry. I can see that. And, and you see a lot of people. And the, the, the games are close, so you're going to have those fans that live in both of those states mm-hmm. and they're going to travel because it's not that far. Mm-hmm. They're going to beat to those games. So I get that completely. And I, and you know, I kind of agree with you, you know, so let's go to the questionable. Since we were talking about the, the Washington football team, let's mm-hmm. go to the questionable way that they honored Sean Taylor. Okay. So in the news, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the story is they let the family know, I would say less than eight days that they were going to be doing this. They're doing it right off, right after the the scrutiny behind Gruden and a Washington staff member. Mm-hmm. Was it done to try to make the the Washington football team not look as bad in the media? Because they're on Gruden. Let's not remember. A lot of people don't think about it. Gruden had to be emailing somebody. Mm-hmm. What was the reply to Gruden's emails? And it came from a Washington staff member. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yep. But Gruden's just more relevant because he was coaching right now. So mm-hmm. they're talking about him. But he had to be talking to somebody, mm-hmm. which is, I, I think it was Allen. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name that worked for the Washington uh, football team at the time. But to only give a, a week to the fans mm-hmm. and to the family to prepare for the retirement of Sean Taylor's jersey or to honor Sean Taylor, I feel like it was extremely disrespectful and bad PR. Definitely disrespectful because Sean Taylor was loved by so many people. Yeah, that weren't uh, even affiliated. That wasn't even affiliated. So you're going to have his old teammates from Miami. Mm-hmm. Probably his old teammates from high school, mm-hmm. guys he played with with Washington that's already retired. Mm-hmm. You know, every his family, everybody loves Sean Taylor, and we I kind of talked about it uh, off the air about how Eric Berry was one of my, was my favorite player that played safety. Sean Taylor reminded me a lot. Well, Eric Berry reminded me a lot of Sean Taylor because the way they played with passion and the way they still he'll get on special teams and hit the, knock your head off on special teams. Right. You know, so. I feel like the way they did it was wrong. Uh, they didn't give the opportunity for his true fans to be a part of it. And I think, right. I can't say for sure, but it seems like the way they threw it out there so quickly that it was to cover up some stuff. It was cover up some stuff. So here's the bad, the, the funny part about it, behind it is Washington football team has apologized for the way they did it. So I feel like they have owned it. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like they should do it again. And I think they will. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, I really feel like it was a cover-up or to try to lighten the mood and it backfired. It was just mm-hmm. a bad PR thing. Um, story, 2003, ECU, we're down in Miami to play, play them. And I, at this time, I'm not playing that much. I, I get spot play at the time. So I'm on the sideline. I'm a fan of the game now. Mm-hmm. So I'm not necessarily worried about getting in. You know, you had Brian Renf who was in front of me, and mm-hmm. he's about to go to the league. So I knew I wasn't going to play like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there watching, and this guy – he picks off a pass, but he came from inside of the, you know, the hash marks where they at. Like he came from inside of that and like covered the ground so fast. And it, it almost sounded like a, like the way he was running, how he was covering ground. It was like literally a deer covering the field and he picks it off in the air above the, he jumps up, picks it off above the hash, but then toe taps on the sideline. That's how long he was in the air for him to be able to toe tap. Like it's absolutely amazing the ability that man had and it's such a tragic loss to one, you know, to every, the, the, the football world missed out on some greatness, I believe. And I mean, his family obviously missed him and, and people, real life people miss him. But as far as football fans, we missed out on so much that he probably was going to bring to the table. Uh, his skill set was unmatched. 
you, you, I don't think you can recreate him. Cam Chancellor is the next closest thing to his body size, mm-hmm. but Cam would never have came close to Sean Taylor, I believe. No. You know, it's Ed Reed, Ed Reed, if Sean Taylor was still playing. You know what I mean? It's Troy Palomalo, Troy Palomalo, if, if not Ed Reed, but if Sean Taylor was still playing. You know what I'm saying? Do mm-hmm. these guys get that notoriety if Sean Taylor was still playing? I think they do. Uh, and out of all stories, why you tell that story? Because that pick was on me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You was on, I was on looking crazy in the face. Like, okay, when you going to tell that story? Okay. <laughs> well, but, you ran 2,000 hitches that year, so he knew what was coming. <laughs> but, but no, I, I really think that Sean Taylor definitely will be missed. I think he's an exceptional athlete. I think he was an exceptional person. Uh, but I, I do think those guys will still be who they are, mm-hmm. uh, regardless if he was still playing or not. But Sean Taylor had an influence on all those guys. Oh, for sure, for sure. And and to go away from the game just a little bit, but still uh, within the NFL, and, and this going into our you know our Q and A segment that we have with you, and mm-hmm. you know listeners want to ask you certain questions about your playing time and stories from that. Mm-hmm. But this was more from me. Um, not everybody knows I'm a car guy. Okay. I love cars. Um, and my experience when I was with the Panthers is I went and bought myself a new truck. Mm-hmm. I'm living a life, 22-ish, fresh off the lot, went and bought me a new Chevy. Mm-hmm. I pull in a parking lot, and there's three of the same truck that I have, but they had enhancements to wheels <laughs> and different paint. Where I pulled back out in the parking lot, went and called my cousin who worked at a tire shop at the time. I said, hey, man, I need to order some rims because my truck is not going to suffice sitting up beside these guys. Yeah. So I got my first set of rims at that, po- that moment. But in your experience, NFL players mm-hmm. and their cars, which cars stood out to you or which players' collection of cars mm-hmm. stood out to you when you were playing? Man, so you have... You have guys like Brandon Flowers. He had a a red uh, Porsche. Was it Ferrari? A red Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Uh, red rims on it. Look real Miami-ish. He's from real, Miami. Yeah, okay, real Miami. Yeah, real sense. Miami-ish. Then you have uh, Route Stanford Route. Uh, he used to play for the the Raiders back then. Then he came to the Chiefs. He had a, a McLaren. Okay, it looked real California-ish. That's where he's <laughs> from. It, but but the majority of guys that I've seen. And you got to remember, sometimes when you come to work, you don't drive your best cars to work. Right. Makes sense. But I see a lot of Range Rovers. I see a lot of Range Rovers. You see a lot of uh, Audis. What, the A8s? Yeah, the A8s. The, the A8s. Yeah. You see a lot of those. And you see a lot of Phantoms. Really? The Phantoms? Phantoms. You see a lot of Phantoms. I've seen a lot of Phantoms. Phantoms and what about the, Maybach? the Bentleys. And Bentleys? Fandoms and Bentleys. So that's when the guys, they, they got the check already. They got a good check. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. I ain't really seen too many Maybachs. No. I think Vontae probably had Chris Johnson Maybach. had a Maybach. Mm-hmm. He had an all-white Maybach. I remember that. And most recently, I remember Chris had, uh, he had a Ferrari mm-hmm. uh, in retirement. And I think he swapped it out with uh, uh, Aston Martin, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, but... I would say my favorite guy who had Thomas Davis from the from the Panthers. Mm-hmm. He like he had the old schools. Okay, so he had the old school Chevy, the '74 mm-hmm. Impala, which is considered a donk for a lot yep. of people to understand. So yep. I was a fan of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chris Johnson had one. He had a convertible one at the same time. He also had the the pink. 760 BMW, mm-hmm. which I have no clue why Chris Johnson had a pink one. Me and him had to have that conversation, <laughs> why he painted it pink. And I think it had a flip in it where it would go from pink to purple, which was mm-hmm. really weird to me. Yeah. But I guess, you know, to each his own, I guess. But I would say that was one of the, being a car guy. That was probably one of my favorite things to see is the different cars. And like, um, I can't remember his name, but his family car was like the Porsche truck. Okay. And we were going... We were doing a, a team activity as far as the line and O line D line. We're going to go do paintball, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yeah, just follow me to the paintball site because it was his idea, knew where it was at." But it's like, dude, you're in a Porsche. Yeah. Like I'm in a Chevy, and he is bawling down the highway. I'm just I sitting here like, you. I can't keep up with you, man. What's the address? You know what I mean? Like, but it was just like his family car was the Porsche truck, and he was yeah. like, "Yeah, this is my wife's car. I'm driving her car today." You know what oh, I mean? It was my like, goodness. Oh my goodness! But a lot of interesting choices of cars, and there's one guy, country. Chewing tobacco, the, the 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 work boots, the tight jeans, but he also drove an Escalade on thirty inch rims, which made absolutely no sense. It didn't match whatsoever. I'm thinking he's gonna have a lifted truck, mm-hmm. and he's giving me a ride. I think his name was Evan Mathis was his name. Okay, uh, gives me a ride back to uh, the hotel I was in. 
And I walk out and I'm walking towards this truck that was dirty. You know, I'm just thinking, oh, country mm-hmm. boy, you got this, the bottle with the spit in it and all yep. this. I'm like, oh, this is nasty. Yeah. We getting a clean escalator on his 30. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> this don't even make sense. He's like, yeah, I threw it off, didn't I? Nah. And he just started busting out laughing. He said, you'd have never thought I'd have drove this, would you? I was like, mm-hmm. not at all. Not at all. Then <laughs> had Chris Jenkins, 6'6, 360 pounds, and he drove the two seater. Uh, six series BMW and me and him were like literally touching shoulders riding that's, in that. That's like Larry Allen, man. He had something. It was a, a sports. I don't know the exact sports car it was, but Larry Allen had just snuff. Like, is it snuff? No dip. Yeah. He kept dipping his mouth. Mm. He kept it in his sock during the game. Like, so during the game, he got the little dip uh-huh. thing in his sock. You see the print. It don't matter. <laughs> Practice game I'm, time. I'm going to look at it. See if I can see it now. That's what he did. And, you get in his car, and that's what you see. The dip stuff all over Spit his car. Cups yeah, everywhere. But, it, but his car is amazing. But when you open it up, that's what you see. That's what he do. It's just, I don't know, it's just crazy. That was a little quick story about later on. <laughs> well, I can imagine that. So let this you know, lead on into story time with you. And the question that was brought up by a fan was the craziest experience, mm-hmm. like something that just stood out. In football, if it was on the football field and locker room and personal life, mm-hmm. but while you were an uh, NFL employee, mm-hmm. what was one of the, the weirdest, strangest experiences that you had? Oh, so one of the craziest things, and it's sad, but the craziest thing that I ever experienced when I played was when I was in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was 2011 or 12. And I don't know if anybody remember the Javon Belcher situation where, you know, he ended up taking his life. He killed his girlfriend wow. and he killed himself. Uh, that was to me, that was the craziest thing because. OK, my wife was friends with his girlfriend, Cassie. They was friends. They used to go work out together, different things like that. And we had all just came uh, me, my wife, some other guys on the team. Uh, Cassie was there. We had just all came from the, what's the guy name? He's an R&B singer. Uh, Couldn't tell you. Sing the song. Gosh. No, no. I, sing the song. I, I invented sex song. What is, what's Trey his song? name? Trey Songs. Okay. We had just came from the, the Trey Songs concert that night. And so we got practice. This is Saturday morning. We getting up to go to practice because we got walkthroughs Saturday morning. And that night. Friday night? Friday night, early Saturday morning. Okay. Well, early Saturday morning. I got you. He ended up going home, and he ended up shooting his girlfriend like nine times. Ended up killing her, and then he went to the the stadium. He went to the stadium, uh, and he shot himself in front of the coaches. You know, to me, that was, it was heartbreaking. Uh, once we had a team meeting on it, and they told us like exactly what happened. You know, everybody just started crying. It was just a very sad moment. And it was it was crazy for me because it it was mentally, it mentally was tough for me, not only just for me, but for those coaches that actually seen it. But it caused some friction in my household because now, and it, and what he did was so selfish. It was so selfish. But this still a brother of mine mm-hmm. that I'm around every day, you know, every day. So I'm mourning the fact he, he killed no. us up, that he's gone. But then I'm looking at it the other way because my wife, she is mourning the fact her friend just got killed. So I can't talk to her about anything, my feelings towards the situation because it's a conflict. Because mm-hmm. even though I understand exactly what he did was selfish and it was crazy what he did, and I can't believe he did that, but that's still a brother of mine that I was still kind of mourning. So me and my wife was having friction in the household because she ain't trying to hear that mess. Don't want to hear nothing good about she him. She ain't trying to hear nothing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I get it. I get it. So it was just, it was a crazy situation, man. And... You know, I just, to this day, it's still, I can still see it and still know the exact emotion I had when I heard about it. And and he did this probably about 
maybe maybe an hour or so before everybody was supposed to, everybody else supposed to get there. The only people that was there was the coaches, and the fact that he actually did that in front of the coaches was it outside? Or it was outside. It was outside when he heard the police coming up. You know, he went behind one of the cars and he pulled the trigger. Man, Biggie, it was so crazy, Biggie. Like it's emotional, yeah. like that type crazy because it's just. You can't believe and they left behind a beautiful daughter, which everybody and I haven't seen her seen seen his uh his daughter in a while. But trust me, everybody in that locker room, she have she had fifty three dads mm-hmm. because whatever she need, if we ever see her again, the daughter we're talking about, we can do anything for. Right. Because of the fact that we know her story, she probably won't remember it because she, she was won't. a baby. She won't. But we know her story, and it don't matter where we at. I don't care. It's teammates I probably haven't talked to in years, but I guarantee you, if we was able to see Javon's daughter, we would do anything for her just because we know what she's been through, what her parents went through, mm-hmm. you know, because you just have that connection. Right. You have that connection. I mean, it's, it's sad, man, but that was, that was the craziest thing, you know, that I, that I went through, and it was plenty of times that— me and Putt uh, was in the, not Javon, but Putt, um, Glenn Dorsey. Okay. Was yeah. in sitting inside of the, the sauna. And that's how we vented about stuff. You know what I'm saying? And that's for any, not just that situation, but any situation stuff that go on. If you could hear what the conversations that go on inside of a sauna. Yeah. You know, you'd be mind blown because we talk about some of everything. But that's how we was venting to each other. You know what I'm saying? It's, it was just a tough situation. God, it was tough. Yeah, canceled everything that day, I imagine, right? Yeah, we had counselors come in. Uh, the coaches needed counseling. You know, we had counselors on hand if anybody wanted to talk to the can- – it was it was tough, Biggie. And then we had to go out there and play Carolina the next day. You know, so it was it was tough. We ended up playing that game. It was a lot of controversy. It was in the locker room. Should we play it? Should we not play it? You know, but – I think the best thing that we could have done was play that game. Yeah, get the yeah. reality. Yep. Like, to let's do what we're used to doing and play the game. You got a little, little went a little deep on us right there. They didn't expect that one to come out. But, you know, I, I remember seeing that story in the news and stuff like that and, and never even put two and two together that you were there at that time. Yeah. Never would have put that together. So, yep. you know, I feel bad that I didn't even reach out to you. So my apologies on not being there as a friend back then because I, I didn't even cross my mind that you were there. So, Man, it's kind of hard to move on from that story. I know, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you kind of got me messed up. I couldn't imagine yeah. that, man. Couldn't it's imagine crazy. that. No, so let's try to we'll slide on over to college, man, and we'll talk about a little college scores in-state. Mm-hmm. We had North Carolina State played Boston College. They won 33-7. to UNC versus Miami, which was a high-scoring game, I think 87 points total. Uh, UNC pulled it off 45-42. to Can't believe they uh, pulled that out. Yeah, I wish they wouldn't have. <laughs> um, you know, and, and back from the hometown um, – Carolina had a DB that was from Jacksonville, um, and he had three interceptions. Like, he set the record for interceptions in the game mm-hmm. years ago when he was playing in that same game. So uh, he was posting about it leading up to the game, and I was really hoping to be able to go in there and say, I wish they had your three interceptions this year. Mm-hmm. But they won the game. It is what it is. Duke lost to UVA 48-0. to mm-hmm. I don't know what UVA got going on or what was in the water that day. Uh, for real. App State uh, played this past Tuesday, last Tuesday. Um uh, uh, and they lost 41-13 to to Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, which I would have not have saw that coming either. I didn't see that coming. Didn't see that coming. Uh, ECU, obviously, we had a bye week. Uh, this week we're going into um, Houston. Uh, Houston's a 14-point favorite right now. Mm-hmm. Houston has won five games in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're coming off, what, uh, our last four, one and three out of our last four games. Uh, how do you feel about us coming off this bye week and – and going into that game, our chances of competing with Houston to potentially, uh, I would almost say, I guess, pull off an upset. I think we have to, we got to be able to match their speed because Houston's fast. That's hard. Yeah, Houston's fast. But I think the fact we had an extra week to prepare for them, mm-hmm. it's going to give us a good chance. You don't uh, think that travel, traveling all the way to Texas hurts us? No, I don't think so. I don't think it hurts. I mean, it's just. Just like you travel anywhere else, True. you know. I, but I like the preparation that we had, that extra preparation time mm-hmm. for them. So now things that we may not have time to work on when it comes to a regular week because we got a game that, mm-hmm. coming up, you got an extra week to do some extra things, uh, watch some extra film on them. So 
you always want to watch film on these teams, even down to right before the game start. You may be watching film because it may be something you pick up mm-hmm. and you don't pick it up to that to that moment when you're actually it watching it. It happens. It, it happens it you happens. know, so uh, I feel like just a- us having that extra time to prepare mm-hmm. for these guys going to help us out tremendously. And I think we get a little bit of the nicks and bruises uh Healed up, mm-hmm. a little extra treatment for the guys that were a little banged up helps yep. out. We did lose a little bit of depth on the offensive line with one of the players getting dismissed this past weekend for uh, violating team rules. Not necessarily know what he did, but he has played in all six games so far this year. Mm. He's played in a total of 17 since he's been here. So he was actually looked to be the future at the center position. That's but right. uh, so Coach Shankwater is going to lose him. I don't think it hurts us immediately, but it does hurt the depth mm-hmm. a little bit. And he's already entered the transfer portal. Um, um, and we, we were talking about it before, earlier about the transfer portal and believing in it and what you how you feel about, about it. Personally, I, I'm not a fan of it as far as how easy it is for players to transfer. And it might be because I'm coming back from the time where we didn't have that value. We didn't have that uh, that luxury. That luxury. We didn't mm-hmm. have that luxury to just be like, oh, I'm done. I'm leaving. Yeah. Uh, it was more the moment that I had considered transferring to Carolina mm-hmm. uh, at one point in time, but I called my dad and it was the first time he like cussed at me mm-hmm. and told me that I didn't raise I didn't raise a quitter. Yeah. Uh, you need to stick this thing out. And I mm-hmm. was literally, he doesn't say it on the phone. I know I finish up as a Tar Heel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I extremely appreciate the fact that he said that because I wouldn't want to trade any of my experiences that I had here in Greenville, which is ultimately why I'm still here in Greenville. We missing that type though. We missing that type of that type of knowledge that is passed down to to people to stick it out. Yeah, you got to you know roll through the tough times. Yeah, ride it out. You know, I think everything is so microwave nowadays. Want to go now? I want to have playing time now. Mm-hmm. Now this needs to happen now, man. Biggie, I know guys that have transferred like transfer like three different times. Whether it's whether it's football or whether it's basketball. Basketball is a big one. That's for at sure. some point, you got to look at yourself in the mirror. It's not the school. Mm-hmm. It's you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't have an issue with with seniors. You know, that the get gr- that, the grad, that grad transfer. They had an extra year. They did their job. They, they finished this classroom the right way. Yeah. So they have that extra year. But man, it's everybody's so microwave when it comes to Instagram. They just see how stuff is on Instagram and social media, I think, plays a big part in that. Mm. Nobody has the patience to sit that thing out uh, and build it. And build it. But I, I love uh, Cornell Powell that went to Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that's the old school way. Sit that thing out, work on your craft, and when you get your opportunity to play, you shine. And that's what he did. But I just feel like a lot of guys are really just transferring, transfer trying to find a better situation. Sometimes there's there's not a better situation because it's not the school that's the problem. It's you. Yeah. You're the problem. And you know, and I think a lot of guys, when it comes to that recruiting thing, you have to do your research as an athlete. Mm-hmm. Like you have access to all of these different social media accounts and the internet has helped these kids out so much and, and it helped us out, but it's nowhere near what it was, what it is now mm-hmm. when we were playing, but you get to look at the roster. You yep. get to see who played, mm-hmm. you know, and nowadays you can sign up to be a recruit and come in for a game without even having a coach invite you mm-hmm. back then. It'd be like, Hey, I want you and your family to come out to a game. Now you literally hop on a website on Monday <laughs> and fill out this sheet and you got three tickets to a game, yep. you know? So you are able to come and see what's in front of you. And I guess for me, like one of the biggest things I wish someone would speak to the kids that come from the, the more rural areas. And I'm, I'm going to speak on Eastern North Carolina. There's so many kids that get caught up in the hype and the team that's on TV or the team that's winning. And I'm not saying you shouldn't, mm-hmm. but you have to realize your skill set. If you go to a Clemson, you go to a Oklahoma, um, these SEC schools or the bigger ACC schools or the, what is it, the big 10 or whatever, whatever the, these big conferences, mm-hmm. they're bringing the next best every year, every year. And what a lot of players don't understand is if I have a sophomore that is producing X, Y, Z, and I have a freshman that is producing X, Y, Z, they're going to play the freshman first because they get more years with him. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if I have a senior that's producing X, Y, Z, and a 
a freshman that's pro- producing X, Y, Z, and there's nothing to separate the two of you, they're going to play that freshman because they got him for three more years after that year, and you're on your way out. Let's be honest. These coaches, yes, they coach, and we always want to put that father figure role on a coach or they're the mentors. It's a, it's a job. Mm-hmm. They're going to do whatever they have to do to keep their job to feed their families. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily as gung-ho on raising you as you know your high school coach might have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. just... I need to get victories. How can I get victories and sustain the victories for however long as I can? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And a lot of times they'll get true freshmen. Believe it or not, they'll play a true freshman now because they don't necessarily know if he has the capacity to survive the college part long enough. So they want to get everything they can get out of them now mm-hmm. before they flunk out mm-hmm. or do something crazy off the field and get kicked off. And I feel like so many parents and school counselors don't know that aspect of it that is a true business mm-hmm. this guy that's at head is getting paid a million some dollars the only way he gonna keep that million some dollars is to gotta win yeah gotta win and it comes by way of exploiting a kid for his talents it is what it is mm-hmm. you know what i mean but you still got to be appreciative because if you can leave out of school with a degree and you didn't have to pay for it, mm-hmm. it it's uh, it's give and take you know what i mean i'm gonna yeah. take everything i can from you but in return if you do what you're supposed to do i'm gonna give you this degree mm-hmm. you know what i mean so but these players and how they transfer, they're getting their feelings transferred. Mm-hmm. Uh, not playing enough transfer. Transfer. Transfer and transfer and transfer. And there has to be some more stipulations. And I believe they're going to come down and alter it down the road. Mm-hmm. But it's just sitting here and say, guy gets kicked off on a Saturday and he's in a transfer portal on a Sunday getting re-recruited. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we teaching that kid? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what I are we it. teaching him? Because we're not teaching you anything. If you can literally walk onto another campus a team that might be a step down from where you came from that's going to take you with open arms mm-hmm. and re-recruit you and not even focus on the fact of what you did. Yeah. They're not doing you any favors. Mm-hmm. So it's almost the grad transfer thing or a coach getting fired. Mm-hmm. A coach getting fired, I can understand you transferring because yep. they might be a system uh, that they come in with that might not suit you. Like, speaking of like Kevin Guidry, mm-hmm. who, you know, we were going to have a spotlight speaking on uh, pirate players and where they are now. Kevin Guidry is in the Raleigh area now. Mm-hmm. He's a former fullback tight end here during the Skip Holt days, mm-hmm. Skip Holt's days. But when Skip left, you bring in an air raid offense mm-hmm. where a fullback isn't really used. True. So I understand him transferring to South Florida. Yep. But I still see Kevin as a pirate. Mm-hmm. He's still a pirate. He left because his talents weren't going to be used anymore mm-hmm. because they're going into an air raid. So I understand that. And we'll use Kevin this week as our pirate, former pirates. Where they are, where are they now? Kevin has a successful gym that he's running out in Raleigh. He just uh, expanded. He's called find a way fitness, uh, doing a fantastic job training people mm-hmm. and, and doing that whole cardio workout thing. So we just tie that in next week. We'll do it a little bit more uh, organized wise. <laughs> but since I brought up Kevin, I figured we'll go ahead and hit that one on the head that he's yep. doing a fantastic job in the Raleigh area uh, training people. So if you're in that area, find a way fitness is the gym, get your butt in there. He'll treat you right. But I understand him transferring because the office was going to suit his skill set. Mm-hmm. And then the seniors, like you said, but other than that, man, I wish someone could sit down and talk to these kids about you committed to this. Mm-hmm. We're going to commit to you. Let's go. Let's finish this four or five years. Let's get this thing done. And lastly, what I want to speak on one quick second is LSU. They fired one of the first big firings of the year. Yep. They fired Ed Ogeron, uh, but he's going to finish out the year. And you said you, you were D-line, he was a D-line coach. He was my D-line coach when I was in New Orleans. Yeah. Yep. Was solid dude? Solid dude. But you know I mean, he was the D-line coach, so he, I didn't really have a lot of interaction with him. Okay. You know, that's that's a whole nother world. It, it is. Some of the, you, you, you don't want nothing to do that. Yeah, that's a whole nother world. But, but, you know, just listening to him talk solid on dude, TV, though, he solid. seems like he's a solid dude to he play is. for. He is. You know, and watching his uh, uh, press conference, guy asked him, so do you plan on coaching next year? He said, no. You know, quick. <laughs> and so what are you going to do? He's like, well, I think I have enough money mm-hmm. uh, to where I can go buy a burger and I might go buy a double hamburger with some cheese <laughs> on it, you know, because they got to pay him $17 million over four years. Oh, yeah. He can relax. So he can chill. He, yep. and then he, he, he is good to go. So that's our first big fire. Again, our show today was brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, use the promo code Believe Fifty to get a, a, a little assistance, a little discount on your first bet. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Houston is. Uh, ECU is going to Houston this weekend to play. We're 14 points uh, underdog. We're sitting at three and three. They're five and one. Hopefully, we can pull something out. You know, I'm not going to speak on it because 
you know, three out of four when I don't say nothing. So I'll let you finish what you think. We do we have a chance? We got a chance. We got a chance. I think ECU by three. You made a you made a whole lot of faces. Folks. <laughs> he made a whole lot of faces trying to get that out. ECU right there. by three. You know, so but that's today's show. We appreciate the listeners. Continue to listen, share, subscribe. Do all of that. Join the Facebook page. Make sure you guys follow us for the next stories. If you have any insight or any suggestions, what you want to hear about, recommendations, whatever, we love them. Send them to the inbox. Comment them on the page. Hit me and T-Cop up directly if you choose to. T-Cop, you got anything? Nothing, brother. Well, I appreciate it, guys. What's that, episode eight? Episode eight. We're almost to our milestone of number 10. We almost. (laughs) Might have a celebration. (laughs) But, hey, thanks, listeners. Appreciate it. And everybody have a great rest of the week. And hopefully we have some good football. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.